Welcome back here, Jay Tom Lawler Rink on the campus of Merrimack College, where a score at the end of two is seventh and eighth ranked Denver to Merrimack. Nothing. I'm Mike Magnick with John Leahy tonight's second intermission brought to you by Merrimack Graduate Studies. At Merrimack, you can earn your master's degree in as little as one year. Choose from graduate programs in business, education, engineering, health sciences, criminology, and so much more. Visit merrimack.edu backslash graduate today for all the details. Mike McMahon joins us from the macreport.com college hockey news and the Eagle Tribune. Uh, Mike Denver with a goal in each of the first two periods. Uh, I'd say, you know, really the story of the game so far, probably special teams that Merrimack has played badly, especially defensively, but uh, the power play has done nothing. Only one shot from right in that second period in six minutes of power play time. And, uh, and they give up a goal on the first power play that they allow, and that's a big reason, I think, for the difference here. Yeah, the power play hasn't looked good. Uh, but that's something that, you know, with a three-week break, you almost kind of expect, uh, especially considering the power play wasn't, you know, what in the world on fire going into the break anyway. Uh, so you take a three-week break, and, and kind of like the beginning of the season, it might take some time, I think, for that unit to get going a little bit. Um, really, though, like you said, I mean, I think this has been a pretty good game. <laughs> I mean, quite honest with you, it's a 2 nothing game. I mean, you don't, you never want to say that, that losing a game is okay, but uh, I think this is a game where Merrimack's played a pretty even game with a team that I think is the best team they're going to face all year. I think if Denver were in hockey, they'd be the best team in the league. Uh, so I think this is the best team you're going to face all year, and you've played a pretty even game with them through two periods, whether you look at shots on goal, shot attempts, scoring chances. I mean, I think you can argue, despite trailing at the end of the first, Merrimack actually had the better of the play. Uh, so you, you've played a tight game against a really good team, one of the best teams in the country. Uh, you know, I think you got to be pretty happy with that, especially considering where they were uh, after the first half and the, the last eight or so, six or so games that first half. Yeah, they need to generate chances and scoring chances. Yeah. In the first period, I thought, you know, they got bodies and pucks to the net. Really not so much in that second period. I mean, they're outshot 10 to 5 in a period when they had six minutes of power play time and only one shot. I mean, that's a big difference, a big reason right there for the uh, being outshot by a 2 to 1 margin. But, uh, you know, you got to get pucks and bodies to the net. It's as simple as that. First period was real good. I mean, first period, they hit the blue line and put the puck on net. And it, it didn't seem like there was a lot of time spent trying to make plays in the zone. And I think that's okay. Uh, you know, I I think you look at a team like Penn State, which has had success the last couple of years. I don't think they've been that good. Like, just skill-wise, they, they haven't had a ton of really good players. Uh, just the way that they play, they, they shoot a ton. That's all they do. They hit the blue line and they put the puck on net. Uh, that's how they've bridged the gap, I think, talent-wise in the Big Ten, because they're they're putting up their goals by volume. They're shooting the puck so much, the law of averages are, you know, so many of them are going to go in. Uh, so that's how they've generated their offense. I, I think that's where Merrimack is. You know, you're not going to be able to match a lot of teams skill for skill, so you can you can bridge that gap by just trying to put more pucks on net than your opponent does, uh, and, and that's what I'd like to see more of. Like you said, it was better in the first period than it was in the second. Uh, I think they got to get back to that. This has also been one of the more physical games I think they've played all year, especially in the first, um, so that's another good sign, but yeah. Get as many pots on net as you can. And I, and I thought you know, Sammy Tavernier did a really good job of that in the first period. I don't know how many of those attempts were his, but it seemed like anytime he had the puck in the offensive zone, you know, he was just trying to get a puck on, the, on, on net. And that's what I think this team should look to do. You know, you mentioned the physical play. You've been watching this team for many years. I've been watching this team for many years. I mean, it seems like historically, when they've been at their best and when they've, you know, needed, uh, you know, whether it was to step it up against a, a opponent of the caliber of a Denver, whatever it is, you got to be putting the body on people. you got to be getting in their face, making it tougher to make. 
make plays. That seems to be, you know, if you look at the, the, the key maybe to the second half of this club, is they need to ratchet that up. And if tonight is, a, is any indication, that's a good sign, but they have to be able to do it consistently, too. Yeah, especially in this rink. Yeah, especially in this rink. But that's something that, you know, Scott Bork has mentioned that to us post-game. It, feel, it feels like almost every single night, you know, that, that he's wanted them to be more physical, and I think there's a reason for that. You know, that can also help bridge the gap uh, that we were talking about from a skill standpoint. When you're in physical with guys, I mean, who likes getting hit? Nobody, right? <laughs> so uh, that, that can take some some skill players off their game, especially here. You can make, I mean, this place is a tough place to play. It becomes a really tough place to play if, if you're a real physical team. So, yeah, I think you want to see as much of that as possible. Do you think that's the key, maybe, to trying to uh, right the ship with regard to this, uh, you know, where they've been giving us six or seven goals a night? I, mean, I, I think it, it probably is a, is a key component of it. Uh, is there anything else involved? I, mean, I, think, I think it can be. I think the biggest thing right now is, like, they, they got to find out who they are. You know, it, it doesn't feel like they found kind of what their identity is yet. Uh, you know, are, are they a team? I mean, they're definitely not a team that wants to trade chances with, with other teams. I think that's obvious. But there are different types of, of physical, maybe more defensive-minded teams, but what are they? I mean, where, where do they kind of slot in? And I think that's what they're trying to figure out. And some of that might just be, hey, there's been a lot of change here. You know, there's a new head coach, and you're, you're trying to find what you are. Uh, I think the, the part of that in the first half, especially towards the end, was they were going through a little bit of that process. But uh, I think they've been better, at least here tonight. You know, like like you said, if tonight's any indication, uh, the goaltending's been better, which which was part of it. You know, at the end of the first half, uh, goaltending team-wide. I mean, just, uh, Scott Borg has mentioned that a couple times too, which I think is a fair point. Those goaltending numbers are, are team numbers. Uh, your goal your goal is not going to have very good numbers if you're giving up a lot of grade A chances. So uh, that's been better. I think they've kept more chances to the outside. They been more physical, you know, if they can kind of find their niche, I think it's going to go a long way. Uh, we'll see, you know, consistency-wise, whether or not that's something if this, is this a one-night thing, or is it something they've been able to confine and can build on as they push forward into the second half? This is kind of a review, I guess, of the first half, and you know, we won't talk to you again for the rest of this year, effectively, right? But, because um, you'll be off on Monday, but, um, you know, what else jumps out at you, I guess, from the first half in terms of, uh, you know, I, I guess really with a record of, you know, 4-12-1, and one, you got to you look for improvement, um, you know, and really, you know, up and down in every area of the game, I guess, but uh, you know, what else do you think they're capable of, potentially, you know, what could we see that might be better in the second half? You know, we'll see, it all depends, because, and, and they match up with a lot of these teams in the second half, but I think they can be as good or better than Vermont, UConn, and UNH, at least, so uh, that would put them in a playoff spot, so uh, yeah, I mean, I think they could still be a playoff team, because uh, I, I, they still have to match up with those teams, they haven't played any of them yet, uh, and that's what's, I mean really, when we talk about whether they're going to be a playoff team, those games are going to decide whether or not they're a playoff team. Uh, you, you, you lose to UMass, you lose to BC, you lose to Northeastern, most of the teams down there are going to do the same thing. So, I think the season will be decided, playoffs-wise, the season will be decided against UNH, UConn, Vermont, maybe Maine, uh, you know, but you got them twice at home, I think you can get a win there, certainly. Um, the biggest thing is that they just got to find ways to score more goals. I think you look at the number of goals they gave up, and obviously that's something they need to tighten up. That's something that I think, just statistically, it, it would be impossible not to tighten up. You're not going to keep allowing six goals a game. It's just not going to happen. Uh, so the biggest thing is the, big, the biggest thing for them the last couple of years, that's finding more ways to put pucks in the net. And it really changes the confidence level of a team, too, when you know that you need a goal, you have a pretty good chance 
chance of being able to go out there and get it. But that has not been the case lately, and I think it hurts them in you know in the other direction. But the other thing too, I think you, you mentioned this, is that look at the schedule they played in the first half. Denver's actually played the second most difficult schedule in the country. I'm not sure where Merrimack is, but look, all their games in Hockey East, they played ten games in the league. I think nine of them have been against the top three, four teams in the league. And then you're right, they're going to play the rest of their schedule against the other teams. So you got that, but you also got you know Denver coming in here, for example. You know uh, they're going to be playing Michigan soon. You know playing some pretty good teams. Uh, that may end up inadvertently helping them there in that second half. Uh, you know having played some tough games and then going up against some teams where you say, hey, maybe we got a little more space now tonight than than we had, or maybe it's, it's been a little. We've been able to take away some some of the other teams' space. You know that could end up helping them in the second half. Yeah, I'm looking at the standings right here, and yeah, every single one of their league games have come against teams in fifth place or above. You know, they haven't played Lowell, they haven't played Maine, UNH, UConn, or UVM. So all of their league games have come against the top five teams in the league. That's, that's a pretty tough way to start your league schedule. So, uh, yeah, I, I think there, there's still plenty left to be decided. I mean, the last six games of the first half were, were bad. There's no there's no getting around that. When you're giving up seven or eight goals, I mean, that, that, that's bad. Uh, but it's six games, and you play 34 over the course of the season. There's a lot more in the second half in league against teams that they're probably going to be grouped up with in the standings. That's going to make or break their season. I'm going to ask you about a team Merrimack's going to face in the second half here in hockey. UMass Lowell. Right now they are at 500 in league play. They're only a game over 500 overall. Do you think Lowell's going to be real good in the second half or not so good? Or how do you tell? Yeah, I think it'll be slightly better than what they are now. Uh, they remind me, they've kind of gone back in time and are playing similar to the way they played probably in like 2010, 2011. Before they had guys like C.J. Smith and Joe Pendenzer and guys that were scoring 50 points. Uh, they're just they're playing hard defensively. They're really good in front of the net. The, the biggest difference right now is I don't know that they have the goaltending that they had in, in around that time, 2010, 2011. You know, they had Carter Hutton back then, and he's in the NHL now. So uh, you know I don't know that their goaltending is as good as it was around there. But but they're playing a similar way, and I think it's because they don't really they don't have like those the top end scores that they had when they were winning those hockey's titles year after year. But I think they could be slightly better than they are right now, only because they play so hard defensively. It's going to be so hard to score against them. Uh, they're similar to Merrimack, though. The biggest question with them is going to be they're going to be able to score enough. Like I think they'll be able to prevent goals, uh, even if and their goaltending is good. You know, I shouldn't. You know, that, that, what I was saying earlier doesn't isn't suggesting their goaltending is bad. Uh, but I just don't know if it's as good as it was then. Uh, they just defend so hard; they're not going to give up a lot of goals. The biggest thing is going to be uh, they don't have that that go-to score that they've had for the last couple of years, which I think could make it hard for them to go on a run where they win seven or eight in a row because they don't have that guy that can, can pump in 12 points in six games. Mike, thanks a lot. We certainly appreciate it. Last time we had a chance to talk to you here in 2018, so Happy New Year. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you and the family, and uh, we'll see you again probably that first weekend of January. Yes, yes, you as well. Actually, next week, right? I mean, it's next Friday, so it's right, right around the corner. <laughs> All right, thanks a lot. That's Mike McMahon here. He's been our guest here in the second intermission from the MacReport.com, College Hockey News, and the Eagle Tribune. Please check out his work. Score here after two, Denver two, Merrimack nothing. We'll, we'll be back with more right after this. This is Warrior Hockey.